Our sermon today is from Revelation 3, verses 14 through 22. That's found on page 1,313 in your Black Pew Bible. If you'd please rise out of honor of God's Word. Come on. Revelation's at the end, Joe. Revelation 3. Verses 14 through 22. That's found on page 1,313 in your Blackview Bible or 1,522 in the Adventure Bible. We're going to be looking at the church in Laodicea. They read in Jesus' name. And to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, The words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing. Not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire, so that you may be rich, and white garments, so that you may clothe yourself, and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen." And salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne. As I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. And he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Let us pray. Father, as we come to meditate just a little bit on your word, Lord, the the grandeur of your word, all the stuff in it, Lord, we pray that you would be at work in us, using your word to change us and indeed to make us more like Jesus. Lord, that we would take these things to heart for ourselves too. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You know, it's kind of interesting that the church in Laodicea, actually, this is one of our biblical examples of a get-rich-quick scheme. But this isn't a scheme. This is, this is reality. And so as we're, as we're interacting with it, um, the thing that, I, in all honesty, this week I think I struggled more with this sermon than I have struggled with any of these churches' sermons because there are so many different things in this text that could be pieced out and talked about but, but this is the one that finally stood out um, when I finally realized it's like, oh, it's Friday afternoon. I should probably have a sermon organized. Lord, you're going to have to do this. And then I saw the constellation there, you know, what, yeah, what was going on. So if you, some of you might have watched the video. Some of you haven't watched the video about Laodicea. Laodicea was a rich town. And at a rich town, you probably have a rich church. Because that's kind of the way that it works. The, the church was a representation of the town. And so as the people in Laodicea <coughs> fell into the same problem that the Jews had fallen into and that all throughout history people have fallen into. They have stated, if we are rich, if things are going well, that must mean that we are doing something right. It's us. 
We're the reason that things are going well. We're the reason that we're rich. We're the reason that we're prosperous. We're the reason. And we become self-reliant. And that's what Jesus is condemning them for here. He's not commending them. There's no commendation. There's no, like, hey, look, you've done a good job. There's none of that when it comes to the church in Laodicea. Why? Because they're trusting in themselves. You say, we're rich. You say, um, you know, what does this hot and cold mean? This is what it means. You're lukewarm. Why? Because you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing. They're giving themselves credit. How many of you like to take credit when things are going well? How many of you like to take blame when things are going poorly? I'll put my hand down too. No, that's the way we are. And so things were going well in their life. Did, and yeah, I'm not going to go into the video, but do we do this? We say, hey, I've got this figured out. Things are going well in my life. Things are, things are moving in the right direction. Look at me. Look at what I've done. Look at what, what I've accomplished. And when we get into that situation, that's when we beware. When we stop and say, pride comes before the fall. When I'm giving myself credit for all the good things that God has given me, I'm in the wrong spot because I'm relying on the wrong God. And the person that worships himself has a fool for a worshiper. You know, this is the reality because how many of us really have the ability to change our lives? We're not that powerful. Can any of you at a moment change your emotions? Who here? Any of you? No? I can stuff them at a moment. I've done that a couple times. I have Norwegian. We're trained in that. <laughs> but to change them is a different matter. We can't even change our own hearts, let alone change the things outside of us. Jesus says, how many of you can change a hair on your hand from white to black? Or make yourself grow an inch? That'd be cool. If, you know, during the sermon so far, Anton's grown an inch. But uh, <laughs> we can't do that. We can't add a cubit to our heights. We don't have power over these things. So what right do we have to say, you know, all this good stuff has come because of me. Jesus said, you missed it. You've missed who you really are. You've missed who you are apart from me. You're poor. You're miserable. You're blind. You're naked. You don't have any of this stuff. You don't have any of the stuff that you thought you had. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. So what is Jesus offering? They had worldly wealth. So is Jesus offering your best life now? No. Jesus isn't offering health and wealth. Sorry. Yes, that, yeah. Jesus isn't offering those things. Jesus isn't offering material success. He's not saying, you know what? You follow my ways, in 10 days your life is going to be better. That's not what he's doing. What is he offering? He's offering real things. Because these material things, is this book real? Well, sure. On what level? Because this book is going to be probably in 100 years gone. It's physical. It's going gonna, it's gonna to rot. It's going to deteriorate. It's going to break down. 
So it's a book right now, but in 100 years it's not going to be a book. It's going to be compost. But what Jesus offers, is that real? In 100 years, will you still have that? The gold that Jesus offers you, will you still have that in 100 years? The clothing, these clothes, will these be around in 100 years? Probably not. Will I fit in them in 100 years? Probably not. <laughs> but they'll, they'll be loose, yes. <laughs> they'll probably be rotten in, in a, yeah, whatever. But what Jesus offers us, is that going to be around? Like, just because I can't see it, because I can't touch it, because I can't smell it, does that make it not real? It lasts. This is the stuff that lasts. And so what's Jesus offering us? He's offering us that which is really real. That which lasts for eternity. It's like, well, I can't see the clothes that Jesus gives me. But he says, these are the clothes that last. This is what's true, Raymond. Then you can really be covered. These clothes, they cover my physical body. But do they cover my sin? No. Can they cover a bad reputation? If I have really nice clothes and a bad reputation, do my really nice clothes fix that? No. They can't cover up bad parenting. My, my clothes can't do that. But Jesus can redeem that. And so Jesus says, come to me. This is what I have for you. I have the things that actually matter. I have the things that actually have power. I have the things that actually last. The, the money in your pocketbooks, as we speak, is going down in value. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> no. That's awful. It stinks. But that's worldly money. What Jesus gives us, will that go down in value or will that grow in value? Think about it. Where do we get it? We don't get it from the things of this world. We get it from Christ. I say, look at my life. It's like, hey, things are going pretty well in a material sense. Jesus says, you missed it because you're not looking at the spiritual realities. Your material world is going to pass away. Every one of ours is going to pass away. We will be separated from it. Period. If you live long enough, you will die. <laughs> and if you don't, you will die. This is reality. Sooner or later, all these material things are going to pass away. Jesus says, come to me and I will give you, I have for you, buy from me the stuff that really lasts. Okay. Sounds good, right? How do we do that? We know this passage. Those whom I love, well, maybe not this passage. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Right now. He stands at the door and knocks. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. These are the exact same thing. Be zealous and repent. I stand at the door and knock. Those are the exact same thing said in two different ways. Why? Because sometimes we interact with those things in different ways. Hardship, difficulty, strife, struggle. Have you guys ever had any of those? You know what Jesus is calling you to do? To come to him. Be zealous and repent. Does that mean that hardship comes to me because I've got some specific sin in my life 
And I was talking to someone about this just the other day, that, you know, they, they had been told, um, you know, you're probably sick because of some sin that you've committed. It's like, what? That's not the way this works. It's not because, oh, you know, when I was eight, I stole something from the store. Therefore, now that I'm 40, I've got this problem. That's not the way that God does things. But what does he call us to do then? I'm 40 and I've got these problems. God says, come to me. Come to me. Look to me. Hope in me. Trust in me. Hear my word. Follow my word. Trust in me. Don't trust in the things of this world. That's what we're called to repent of. Don't trust in your money. Don't trust in your clothes. Don't trust in your prestige. Those things can't save you. Do famous people get sick and die? Yeah. Did their prestige help them when it came to death? No. Did they get to the pearly gates and Peter says, you know, you are a movie star. I'm going to let you in. No. That's not the qualification. You have a thousand friends on Facebook. You can get into heaven. You're not on Facebook. You're already in heaven. No, that's... <laughs> no. <laughs> that is a joke. That is a joke. But that's... Are those the things that matter? No, are those the things that, that we rely on? Are those the things that we hope in? No, the Jesus says, repent. Turn from those things. Turn from those things. Be zealous and repent. You know, the, you know what the word zealous means? Do it hard. Do it often. Do it well. Put your whole heart into it. Repent. Turn away from that stuff with everything that you got because that stuff, all it does is make you poor, pitiable, blind, and naked. That's all the material world can do. Your reputation, what good will your reputation be on the day of judgment? God's going to say, hey, look how many likes you have on Twitter. Really? No. That's online reputation. Look how many friends you have in this world. No. Who are you living for? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. This is where Jesus is now. This is where Jesus always is. He's always calling us, get out of the world. Come to me. Let me into your life. I remember a, a pamphlet that we had with Campus Crusade, a, a tract. We had the four spiritual laws. That's the one that we used when we were evangelizing non-Christians. And then we had... Um, I'm forgetting the name of it. It was the second one. We didn't use it nearly as often because of where I did ministry um, that you'd bring to Christians. But the purpose of it, it talked about, I think it was actually taken off of some of the Billy Graham stuff, and it talked about sanctification. And it said, you know, when you have sin in your life, what do you do? No, I'm paraphrasing. When you have sin in your life, what do you do? What does that look like? That looks like you've let Christ into your house, but you've got rooms that are locked to him. Let him into those rooms too. And as you let him into those rooms, he straightens them out. You bring, those, you bring him to your sin. Lord, I need you in this spot. I need you in this spot. Guide me when it comes to my relationship with my parents. Guide me when it comes to my relationship with food. Guide me when it comes to my relationship with social media and my derision for it. Um, Lord, guide me in those things. We bring Christ into those spots in our house too. Because our, our lives are like a house. And we need to bring Christ into those spots. Jesus is saying, I stand at the door and knock. Let him in. He wants in those rooms too. He wants us to be sanctified. He doesn't want us trusting in these things. Be zealous and repent. Leave them behind. The but this is the way the world does it. So what? 
don't be like the world. What good does it do them? What good does it do them? Trust Jesus. Walk in his ways. Rely on him. His word says, what does his word say? Live it out. This is what it means to be a Christian. We're not philosophers. We're Christians. We don't proclaim propositions. We live out Jesus. This is what it means. This is what it means to repent. Because he who conquers, what are we conquering again? We're conquering our sinful inclinations to follow the world. That's what we're conquering. Look at our world nowadays. Think about it. Is there, are their lives good? Are they working? Are they doing what they want? Are they getting satisfaction? Do they have hope? Do we live in a world of peace? Joy? There might be excitement, but there's no joy. Love? Even the medical establishment? Is there love? We think about this. Do our politicians love us? Think about it. Are their lives working? No. Why? Because they think they're rich, whereas they're poor. So what does Jesus say? Turn from their ways. Turn from those ways and come to me. I've got things that are real. I've got things that last. I've got things that matter. I've got things that work. This is what Jesus calls us to. This is how we go from poor to rich. Rich in ways that the world cannot understand and rich riches that will continue to grow not just in this world but into all eternity. This is why we say read your Bible. But don't just read it. Live it. Live it. Let it change you. Because how many of you trust Jesus? You know, when you raise your hand, you just acknowledge that you think that he's right. Some of us have a hard time acknowledging that other people are right. Others of us have a really hard time acknowledging that we're wrong. (laughs) I trust Jesus. So his ways are probably a lot more right than mine because they're actually righteous. So be zealous and repent. Right now, Jesus is standing at the door of your life and he's knocking at some part and he's saying, let me in there. Let me in there too. Like, well, how do I do that, Lord? Well, what does he say in his word? I don't like what you say in your word. Submit to his word. He will guide. Any questions? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. Lord, I thank you that you are standing, knocking. Lord, that you stand and that you knock in my heart. And you say, let me in there. So Lord, now as we come to you, as we open the door, work in our hearts. Change us, make us more like Jesus. Lord, we need you. We want to look like Jesus. 
our souls. We want what you have for us. Bless us. We need you. Let us not rely on ourselves. Let us look to you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.